Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Emmanuel from City Boxing Camp in London, United Kingdom. Welcome to the show. How are you today? Hey, Brooke. Nice to meet you. Um, really excited to be on the show today. Been looking forward to coming on for a while and sharing a little bit about our story. I'm excited and thank you for taking an hour out of your day to be here. I know for you, it's already late in the afternoon over there. And so I appreciate you taking an hour to sit down and give back to the industry. Um, before we really dive into what you have going on at your business, I would love to know what it was. Give us a brief story as to what it was that made you decide to open up this fitness business. Yeah, I wouldn't say there's a particularly compelling moment. It's It's been a journey that's kind of progressed naturally um but essentially we started off uh training people in 2020 in lockdown uh started off outdoors with amateur boxers and just my close friends uh and from there it's kind of expanded naturally through word of mouth um, and we opened our first gym just over a year ago um, in july 2021 awesome so you have history in, in this industry. You have been in the boxing world for a while. And so you guys decided to open this up to serve a more wide population of people. It's kind of what you shared with me, you know, off air. So give us your elevator pitch of City Boxing Camp. Tell us who you are, what services you have to provide and kind of paint that picture for us. Sure. So, you know, City Boxing Camp is the most inclusive boxing and fitness studio in the UK. Um, I say what makes our gym different is that typically boxing has a perception of being a sport that's very male dominated um, and for young men, really. So in our gym, I think about 70% of our clients are actually female or women. And yeah, we just wanted to create an environment where no matter what background you're from, how old you are, um, what your sporting history is, whether you've never even picked up a pair of gloves before or even thought of it, it's a place that you can come into the gym, be comfortable. Um, you'd be greeted with a smile. We try to remember everybody's names and, and learn a little bit about them as well. Yeah. So is this all done in a class atmosphere or do you have like personal training classes, like a bunch of different things available, like for people to take advantage of? Sure. So we initially started off outdoors, just doing one-to-ones in the summer. Um, and from there, we kind of developed as we got our larger space to, uh, to drop in classes. So we started off with just uh, one class a week. That was July 2021, just over a year ago. And um, from the start of this year, January 2022, we switched to a, a membership model and daily classes. So, yeah, at the start of January, I think we had about five or six classes per week. And currently we have uh, 14 classes, so two a day. You have a lot going on, Um, a lot for people to take advantage of. It sounds like you're pretty busy during the day, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I mean, we're kind of more focused on mornings and evenings at the moment. Um, During the days, more one-to-one training. Um, That's what we focus on the the kind of one-to-one aspect. Yeah. So I want to ask you, you know, I guess when we look at the business right now, as things stand, what percentage of the business would you say is personal training and what percentage of the business is the group training? 
Yeah, so I think we were probably around 70% of our business is all through classes now. Um, and 30% also back to one-to-ones. And like I said, it's interesting because it's been a full switch for us from one-to-one -one focus primarily, maybe pair sessions as well, um, to a massive focus on classes. And we're now at the stage now where we want to try to balance it again and focus on our one-to-ones and improving that service. Um, so that's one of the things that we're looking to, to do in the future. Yeah, definitely. So um, with, with that, um, right now, what are some of the things that you guys are actively doing to aid that growth process, to find new clients, to grow? So yeah, you're talking about general marketing Tips yeah, I mean, market, market it. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, to market, to find people in the community that might be interested in your services. Yeah, so again, that's kind of been like an iteration. We started off for myself. I thought boxing is like a is aesthetically pleasing. You know, if somebody's throwing a nice combination, people want to see that kind of thing. So we started off very Instagram heavy. I think for the first year, we were posting twice a day, literally every day. Um, and Instagram was bringing us quite a lot of volume, local people as well, but it wasn't too specific in terms of um, the areas that we were promoting in. But lately we've had a big focus on Google. Um, so Google reviews and just boosting our Google profiles, actually doing, uh, bringing a lot more volume to our website as well than, than Instagram and social media. And of course, everybody says it, but it's one of those ones until you're actually in the business and doing it, you don't really fully understand or grasp the power of word of mouth. Um, word of mouth has been phenomenal for us, making sure each person enjoys their session uh, to the extent that they're happy to tell somebody else about it. Um, and those are the kind of clients are likely to stick around much longer as well as what we found. Of course, I think our, you know, word of mouth, it's always going to be great for us because it's free. And when we get clients through word of mouth, generally they come in and they already trust us. They already feel connected to us because their friend or whoever told them felt connected to us. And so that's an easy client for us, but it's not really scalable because we can't say, Hey, this month word of mouth is going to travel at this speed and we're going to get 20 new clients. I mean, I wish we could do that, but we, we can't, we can't predict it. And the same thing with organic social media, like we could post something on, on social media and it can generate kind of that word of mouth where I share it, then you share it, then our friend shares it and, and we grow. What I've seen a lot of gyms doing to really like grow at a more measurable speed is tapping into, I guess, like Instagram marketing, digital ads, um, Facebook. I've seen YouTube. I've seen some Google where like people are paying for an ad and it's targeted to people in the community. Is that something that you guys have tried at this point? Yeah, I know you're kind of in the growth phase right now, but is that something that you've tried? Yeah, so Instagram ads we tried and they they've they proved to be decent as well. Um, although Instagram can be a bit hit and miss, I found it's not it's not an exact science. You know, you might post a piece of content on one day you think it's brilliant, it does really well, or you post something just as good on on the same day next week and it just doesn't have the same traction. Um, so it's a bit hard to gauge. Google, like I said, we've invested into Google. Google ads has been very powerful. Um, I'd really recommend that to anybody in this industry. Make sure your, your Google page is up to scratch. You have your images there, videos there. Um, and yeah, that can be, I think that's the, the first place people often look when they're looking for a, a new fitness facility.
Yeah, being active on Google and making sure that your listing is up to date is so important because people who are looking, that's going to be the first place that they look. They'll look you up on Google. And then once they find you on Google, they'll look you up on Instagram. It's kind of just like a, a track. I mean, I know I'm guilty of that. Anytime that I want to go out to a restaurant, I'll Google it first. Then I check it out on Instagram. Then if they have a Facebook page, I'm checking it out there. Just yeah. like make sure that it's like really what I want. And so people, that's just how consumers are in today's day and age. We live in such a digital world. So people are really, you know, researching before they make that leap. Um, with the digital ads on Instagram, what's cool is we're able to reach people who aren't even necessarily looking for us. So mm -hmm. we tap into a whole nother clientele by doing that. When you did the Instagram ads, you said it proved to be pretty beneficial for you. Were you guys having a steady flow of new leads with that? Or were there kind of ebbs and flows when you were running your ads? Yeah, I think there were a lot of inquiries when we, we focused on it but not necessarily conversions. You know, people that were interested, it would, it would be a conversation starter. Um, but like I said, from the people that have come through from Google seem to be um, a lot more likely to purchase, I think. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, that's the case because they were looking to, to find us. And so converting them is not usually too hard of a task. Um, yeah. But I want to ask, you know, a different question here, different kind of take a different angle. Um, when you look at your business right now, as things currently stand, what would you say is the biggest bottleneck, the biggest challenge that you guys are facing? And what are some of the things that you're doing to work on to overcome that? So I think, you know, there's a few kind of generic challenges, again, that I think every business faces. So two of them for us have been recruitment um, and location. So in terms of recruitment, we are trying to find a, a different type of coach, somebody that is um, competent in teaching classes, um, pays very close attention to detail, and also has that flexibility to be able to provide a good one-to-one -one service. Um, our classes have a, a kind of vibe to them and energy that is dictated from the coach. So yeah, being able to find people that understand what we're about and are able to deliver has been quite difficult because we we try to ensure that people learn boxing the correct way so right. there are a lot of boxer size classes and lots of people have been to them but they're not actually learning the correct proper boxing techniques um so that's something that we focused on we have at the moment our classes are a maximum of eight people with two coaches um as we expand we'll, we'll probably not be looking to go any bigger than um 10 people to two coaches as well so that ratio we believe is actually crucial in boxing if you need to learn boxing if you want to learn boxing properly there can't be two coaches and, and 30 people you'll never get the attention you need um, to to progress so yeah finding coaches that understand that model they understand that look we want attention to technique and detail however people still need to get fit it's not just about the technique um, that balance is quite quite difficult to come across yeah, and I think that we can we can always teach people the technique and the skills, but we can't teach personality and heart. True. And I think that's what's really hard is, um, you know, we might find somebody who looks perfect on paper, 
but then they come in and they're not the right fit personality wise vibe wise like that's really big in a group in the group fitness space is like you have to be able to lead a class you have to be able to be an influence and so hiring is something that a lot of gym owners are really struggling with right now um but I would like tell you just like don't give up because when the right opportunity comes it's going to come and it's going to be an awesome fit um, you also mentioned one other thing to be your challenge beforehand, but I don't really remember what it was. Uh, location, location. So yeah, we're based in Stratford, East London at the moment, which is like a, an upcoming area in East London. And our current location is, is like a back entrance. So we don't have a high street um, sort of signage or visibility. And, you know, it works both ways. When we were just coming out of the lockdown kind of era, it was it was quite cool because it was a bit niche, it's a bit hidden, a bit of privacy as well. But the the phase that we're at now, we need that kind of high street visibility. Um, so yeah, we've just signed up on our new a new lease, uh, a three year deal in a in a larger premises, twice the size, with um, that high street visibility that we're looking for. Uh, so yeah, really exciting time for us right now in in the camp. Yeah, for sure. So larger facility means that you can do more with that space, fill it with more people, add other services, other products. Talk to me about that growth piece. What does that look like for you guys over the next few months? Yeah, so I think, like I mentioned, that kind of high street visibility is so crucial because I think, again, that's probably one of the best pieces of marketing that you can have. Um, people that will be going past on the way to work in the morning, um, and these are all people that are local. And if you can have the right kind of um, advertising posters or signage, then those local people will be familiar with your business, search it up, or, or even just come in to have a chat and, and see if there's something suitable for them. Yeah. So when we're able to move to a location with like what we like to call it is like foot traffic or visibility, like it does great things for our business because we like for for me, for example, like my CrossFit gym has always been out in like a warehouse and nobody knows that we're there. So we don't have that foot traffic to count on day to day. But with you, if you're in a higher location, you have more people seeing it, you have visibility, definitely helps, um, you know, more people hear about you. Um, so definitely we'll get some new interest through that. Um, and as you guys grow into that new facility, are you looking to expand upon any of your programs, add anything? Oh yeah, always looking to iterate, always having getting feedback from clients and asking what they want. Um, so my background is in sales and particularly client retention. So understand that listening to your clients and being able to give them what they want is, you know, the best way to keep them and retain them. Um, so the first thing we're looking at, we currently don't do morning classes. We only do um, one-to-ones in the mornings. So I think, again, that's probably, it could be 30%, it could be 50%, who knows, it could, it could be 100% growth if we, when we open these uh, morning classes and slots. So that's the first thing that we're going to look to do. We now have uh, a shower facility, which is being built. And again, that just helps people who perhaps want to train before work, um, just opens up that possibility for them. So, so yeah, the morning classes are going to be a, a big focus for us. Also touched on the class size. Um, we can now expand our classes to 10 people. And also we'll be able to do uh, one-to-ones at the same time or perhaps kids' classes at the same time, or even some people just doing strength and conditioning work with a PT. 
we now have the space to be able to run multiple sessions. So those kind of prime slots where I'd say 7 p.m., 8 p.m. during the week, where currently is literally just focused on our classes and that's the facility booked. Um, we can now have multi-bookings at, at those peak hours, which is which is a yeah, a big game changer for us. Yeah, for sure. Right now, as things stand, how many members do you guys have? So we have about 60 members that attend our classes regularly. Um, and you move into the new facility by adding morning classes, expanding upon the class size and things like that. What is that spot where you're looking to get? Like how big are you looking to grow? Sure. So we first started off with a, a garage facility. So that was in October 2020. Um, you know, it started off being successful outdoors and we quickly realized not all these clients are going to stay when it gets to, to winter. Um, so we've got a, a 400 foot space, uh, like, like a garage like facility, painted it, put some gym flooring down and that, that held us for a few months. Um, then we moved to our current space in June or July 2021 last year. And that's a thousand square foot. Um, we've got a big boxing ring in there, a few punch bags. And yeah, I said at the moment, we can get about a class of eight right. coaches in there working quite comfortably. And, and the new facility that we're moving into at the end of this, at the end of July, 2022, is going to be 2000 square foot. Um, so double the size again. And yeah, we're looking to be able to fit 20 people in there working out comfortably at the same time. So 20 people at a time, you're going to offer more classes. So really like the opportunity for growth for you guys is endless. Um, it sounds like you guys have grown and adapted so far. So when you grow out of this space, you sound like the type of people who will be ready to move on to the next big space or the big, the next yeah, big man. thing. Right? <laughs> well, well, let me ask you about that then. What if I were to hand you a magic wand and I said all your dreams and goals for City Boxing Camp have come true, hmm. uh, what would that picture look like for you? You know, if you could achieve anything that you wanted. Sure. So for us, I think, Eventually, we want to look at the multi-location sort of system. And I think you can have a lot of synergies there in terms of staff working in different locations um, and just being able to touch another point in London to, to begin with. But the most important thing for me is we want to keep that focus where there's a friendly vibe, um, a nice environment. People feel like everybody's respected that walks through the gym. Um, you know, one of the things that really irked me about the boxing industry is how you could, you could turn up to a boxing gym for your first ever session. You know, you've psyched yourself up for a couple of weeks. You've been watching videos, telling your friends and you go there and the coach might not even look at you for the first three or four weeks. Um, this boxing gyms kind of are kind of like a hierarchical system where you have to, you have to prove yourself to the coach. You have to earn their respect. And the way to earn their respect is to be tough and beat up one of their favorite fighters. And then they'll, they'll look at you and say, okay, you know, she's got something or he's got something we can work with them. But of course, not everybody has that character type where they want to go straight into the deep end and, and be putting themselves out there like that. Or they might just not have the ambition to box on a serious level. So, yeah, I just thought when we, when we create this space, we want to make sure everybody's greeted correctly and welcomed. So as long as we can keep that um, same sort of vibe and energy where, where people feel like it's a social environment as well as somewhere to just work out, um, then, yeah, that would be would be would be some way towards achieving our goals 
Yeah, it sounds like you guys are really focused on building more of an approachable, like an approachable boxing brand in your area. Um, something that anybody can feel comfortable walking into and wanting to stay. Because I know for me, if I walked into a boxing gym and the coach didn't even look at me, I probably would never go back. <laughs> boxing gyms are, I feel like they were dying in the UK um, because the focus again was on athletes or people that were going to take it very seriously and of course what percentage of the population is that 0.5 percent one percent the majority of the people in a position that they feel okay I can't box or boxing is just not for me which is which is not the case at all yeah <laughs> so um you guys are really approachable I appreciate that about you because I think that boxing is a great form of exercise that a lot of people might not feel like they have access to because they don't want to walk into an environment like that and so you're providing an environment for people to get after it get healthy find something that that's fun to try to get to to reach their goals um and so final question that i have for you here is if you were to give a piece of advice to somebody who is just getting started in this industry today what would you have to share with them well, I've got a few. First one, listen to this podcast because I wish I'd found this podcast two years ago. Um, I'd often sit there with my brother and be like, listen, we don't know any gym owners. Like, how can we bounce ideas off people and just hear what other people are going through? So, you know, when you guys reached out, I think it was really an eye opener to be able to listen to the podcast and just hear people going through the exact same kind of things that we went through. So, yeah, listen to find a podcast or find people that are in similar situations to yourself um the second thing is you know your hustle has to be different in this industry um both of us work full-time jobs as well nine to fives but where our gym is open every day our gym has never been closed um since we started two years ago um that's christmas day boxing day if the client wants to book them then we're going to be there so i think that kind of drive relentlessness um will take you far in in any industry or no matter what you're doing in life so yeah, be prepared to hustle differently and find some mentors or people that you can listen to and bounce ideas off, um, yeah, just to, to keep you on track and, and keep you on your toes. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing the tidbit about listening to this podcast. And what I think is so cool about this platform is for many of us, when we're first getting started in this industry, and I think we can relate to each other, like there's not a lot of resources for us. Like we're trying to figure out how to make the business work. We could have a business degree like for me and still feel in the dark running a gym. Um, it's not a, it's not the type of business that's unicorns and rainbows. There's a lot of difficulties. Mm -hmm. And so what's cool about this platform is we can really learn from one another. And mm -hmm. so it is a great, a great um, tool. And I thank you for being here. I thank you for listening and for being here and sharing your insight um, listeners, thanks for tuning in as well. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description and we'll be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer and make more money, Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. 
Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gem Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez. And joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Martin Reed with Reed Method Pilates. Martin, what's going on, man? Happy Monday. How are you feeling today? Man, feeling good. We got a holiday in Canada, so it's a good day. It's good to hang out here. There we go. There we go. Awesome. Glad to have you here. Excited to have you here. Excited to have you on. Um, and like, I think we're ready to definitely dive into the nitty gritty of what you have going on with the Reed Method Pilates. But, you know, first, why don't we give you the opportunity here to give the viewers a little perspective, right? Why don't you go ahead and give us a little background on how you would explain Reed Method Pilates in your own words? All right. Uh, so, yes, my name is Martin Reed, and I am a movement specialist. So I've changed my business card from personal trainer to Pilates instructor to strength conditioning coach and left it at movement specialist because I've really dove in deep on working with Pilates. And over COVID, one of the uh, one of the projects that I worked on is opening a gym, a studio actually for Pilates, uh, and it's a micro business. So within a clinic, I have my Pilates equipment. Uh, I do privates, semi-privates, online training, all those different things. And it's all within the Pilates space, trying to connect and engage uh, more people, men, athletes, et cetera, into the world of Pilates. I love it. I love it. That's awesome, Martin. I love just the, the versatility and the description. That's perfect. And so, you know, uh, we'll kind of dive right into it here. You know, we'll start with the bare bones basics. How many clients are you serving currently, Martin? Well, with, with coming out of COVID, we've been spending a lot of time on just building that back up. I probably have about 25 clients and a lot of them are two, three times a week. And then I have a new, uh, uh, another replies instructor who is also building up her business. So I mean, just preparing to ramp that up and uh, layer back in some classes and things of that nature at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And so, you know, um, kind of curious, right? Cause I mean, obviously you're, uh, like you said, uh, a smaller business here on purpose. So but for you, what's been the best method of getting new people through your doors? Well, the second uh, kind of COVID baby that I've uh, brought up was uh, a podcast. So I do some work on Instagram, Instagram Live, and I do a, a show called Core Conversations. And with that Core Conversations, what I'm doing is I'm working with Pilates people all over the globe. And we have conversations about um, how they got started, when they do the online classes, and just amplifying other voices. So while elevating them and their work, it's elevating me at the same time, because I really have carved a niche as uh, Pilates for men. Joe Supplies was a man, so and it was designed for men by a man, right? So I'm really carving my niche while elevating others in their niche. So over time, that's resulted in more referrals, more elevation of myself as a subject matter expert on the niche within the niche that we're working with. And that's lended to having people find me online, find me through Instagram or in person and, uh, and build the business and the credibility that way. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's great. I think I'm glad you understand. I'm glad that you're, you're promoting that word. I think that's a big thing. I'm literally taking my, my first Pilates class this week. So Nice. I keep you posted on that, man. So I, I, I agree. I, 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 I love that. Especially that's, that's one thing that the, the owner said as well. It's like, you know, it's founded by a man. And that's a thing people don't realize, you know, yep. well, because it's a, you know, a little more feminine, if you will, but it's not, you know, if, if you really try, I've seen it, I've seen it. And I, I know it is no joke. It's it is no joke. joke. So yeah. <laughs> I wow. love it. So um, awesome stuff there. 
And so kind of moving on, I was kind of curious, you know, I know you're intending to be small intentionally and, um, but just, you know, let's say leads, traffic, clients, all these things are unlimited here. I mean, what's capacity? Where are you stopping? Well, capacity is an interesting thing, you know, because I, I really do have a passion for, for training trainers, for teaching and really uh, building the community. So in my mind, having a micro business like this, having one staff person in the space, being able to work with my specialty clients is one thing, but also being able to travel, um, to go and to do workshops. Yeah. Uh, like right now, over, over COVID, I was able to do a lot of workshops, whether they're Brazil or Australia and podcasts for Germany. And, and that sort of thing. Uh, so in the real world, as things start to open up more, uh, those are opportunities for me to travel and speak and, uh, and do that sort of thing. So I want to continue to broaden the work that I do, have my micro business as a home base as I'm able to travel the world and, and speak and do workshops, applies for men, applies for athletes, you know, intro to applies, that sort of thing, and just really build the brand out uh, in that way. Yeah. Yeah, completely. I think that's the biggest thing. It's that time equity. I think we can get that back. That's yeah. huge. Um, and so, you know, again, and uh, let me let me let me confirm first. Are you, are you a one man team on the back end? Uh, I usually have one other person who works with me, depending on what project I am. So, like I said, because I have so many different projects that are going on. Like my bigger company. Uh, it's called personal victory. So if I'm doing workshops or on-site Pilates classes for like a uh, NBA development team or a grassroots basketball team, I usually have one of my other trainers who will come with me. Sometimes I have a nutritionist as well. Um, okay. You know, as a small business, you want to keep these people in your hip pocket, people that you refer people to, and then you want to grow your business alongside. So when I'm going to do a larger group, I'll bring one of my colleagues with me who also have independent businesses and then I hand off all my you know, nutrition clients to them or hand off whatever it is to that gotcha. person working with me. Yeah. You know, I, honestly, I think, JJ, a lot of times people get caught up in this, this notion of I need to have this massive bricks and mortar and, or a front, you know, a main street, Pilates studio, stuff like that. I like to challenge that paradigm and say, like, you can make money, you can grow your business and you can scale your business without a huge overhead. Yeah. Right. So yeah. that's that's the model that I'm trying to build off of, because I've, I've been uh, in this business for over 20 years and I've always had a consulting based business. And this is the first time in my career where I have a bricks and mortar. Yeah. Yeah. No, 100 percent. I love that, that you're trying to the paradigm, because I think when you can go past what I think, right, 99 percent people believe is that you have to have this one way. It's the only way you can be the 1%, right? You can't do the same thing everybody else is doing if you want to be that 1%. So I, I truly I truly believe in, in challenging that. And I, I think that's a great thing that you're doing. Um, and, and just the only reason why I asked if you're a one-man team on the back end was just because I was going to ask, how do you manage tracking these metrics? I mean, again, if it is one to 30 or 40 people that you have as clients here, and I know you obviously have your other businesses, but in regards to the gym here, I mean, how do you track that? How do you manage those metrics? Uh, well, just software, right? It depends on different software. Like one of the ones we use is, uh, oh, we just switched over to Jane. We're using Wellness Living. Um, so using different software packages, um, I use um, a booking app on the front end too. Um, and then for my small business, like a, a Quicken. So I have an accounting software, a booking software, and a tracking software, basically. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome, right? I always say as fitness professionals, we track our macros, we track our body fat, we track how much weight is on the bar, Sometimes we just forget to track our numbers, which 
I think is is a very very necessary necessary number and a very necessary metric. I mean, you need that in order to know where you're going. You don't know if you're going up or down if you don't have those numbers in place. Right. So well, I mean, it's a great at, stuff. At the same time, I mean, it's difficult because a lot of times you know, we get into this world because like we're like, like warm fuzzy, want to help people. People like we don't always have that yeah. business document on the back end. So if that's not your niche then you have to hire to your weaknesses, right? Like staff to your yeah. weaknesses. And a lot of times people think, oh, I can do everything by myself. And the reality is, no, just surround yourself with people that have those that skill set that you're lacking so you can spend more time doing the thing that you're good at. I love that. I love that. It's so true. I'm glad you, love you understand that on such a high level. It's like something I would have thrown out there. If I would have had to, you beat me to it there. So I love it, Martin. Two, last two questions for you here, Martin. My two favorite questions sure. by far. What's the bigger picture for you? What are you trying to accomplish long-term? Long-term, I feel it's important that I be the authority in this part of the fitness world. And I'm not saying like I'm better than everybody, but I think that when all of us as fitness professionals find our niche, whether you're working with competitive athletes or your physique bodybuilding or your weight loss goals or whatever it is, be the authority in your corner of the world. So I want to be elevated as that authority that I'm getting referred to. You're the first person to think of. If I say men, someone who has a sore back, you think, okay, Martin is the man for Pilates, um, go to him. Or you have a basketball player and you see LeBron James is doing Pilates, like, okay, who's a local guy that does that? Martin's a guy, that sort of thing. So by elevating myself, that opens doors for whatever comes next, whether it's speaking engagements, conference engagements, you know, I, a bigger gym isn't necessarily the bigger goal for me, but if a bigger space is what, you know, is what's next in the cars for me, I'll embrace that too. But really it is just honing my craft and just owning this space as much as I can. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think that's huge. I want to be that authority figure and, and really make that impact. I truly do. Well, I truly do. I think, uh, I think you have a unique perspective and I think you definitely, you know, being able that you can even challenge a paradigm that you are doing as you are now really goes to show that you're not afraid of anything else. So I, I think that's great, Martin. So awesome stuff there. And one last question for you, my favorite question. You know, Martin, if you could go back in time here to when you first started the gym, the business, uh, you know, sit yourself down with all the knowledge you know now, all the experience you have now, and give yourself that one piece of advice that you think you really, really needed to hear when you first started. What would that advice be for you? That's a really good question. Uh, I would have to say stay curious and stay courageous. And what I mean by that is if you keep looking for answers, start keep asking questions so that you can continue to learn more about different ways of training, uh, different methodologies, different people that can teach you things and just learn that way. And also being courageous is like, always take those risks and just try stuff and, and not be afraid to take risk within your business. You know what I mean? Sometimes we play it so safe and then we miss opportunities, right? So, um, you know, if you have a chance to jump into a project with somebody, do it. If you have a chance to be a partner in, in a, some kind of business, I mean, try it. I mean, just dust yourself off if it doesn't work out, right? So I would just say, keep taking risks. Like, don't, don't be afraid. Don't calculate things too much. Just jump. And, and uh, I recognize that over my 20 years in the business that I've become, you know, as an entrepreneur, they say you're jumping out of a plane and building, your, you're making your parachute on the way down. 
at first I wasn't doing that. Now I see things. I'm like, let me jump on that. Let me try that. Let me connect with that person. So stay curious, stay courageous, and just embrace every opportunity that comes your way. Martin, that was a mic drop of an answer. I'm not even going to say anything. I'm not going to take away from your steam right there. Like it's a good place to wrap things up in this episode of Martin. But before we sign out, you know, please shout out your Instagram, Facebook, website, anything you have. Where can people find out more about you and the gym? All right, absolutely. Uh, on Instagram, I have a few handles. One, the main one is personal victory, uh, at personal victory. And that's the exact same name for my business, like personalvictory.ca. The other handle is what we we're talking about earlier, real men do Pilates. That's my other handle where I challenge men to look at Pilates in a different way. So check out real men do Pilates, personalvictory.ca. Those are the two main websites. But if you ch check out um, my website, personalvictory.ca, you'll see re read method Pilates. You'll see real men do Pilates. You'll see all the things that I do in that one hub. There we go. There we go. Look, we absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. And look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. Martin, just stick around for one second if you can, just like let you know how you're going to get the podcast. I would appreciate it. I'm just going to sign everybody else out over here. And uh, to everyone else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit that like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in, join us, talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show, Dan Andragna of Classic Iron Gym, coming to you from Waterford, Michigan. Dan, what's going on, sir? How are we today? I'm doing great, Joe. You? I am doing tremendously. I'm excited to to dive in on this, um, and I'm excited to pick your brain because it sounds like you have a, a number of lenses with which you see the industry, and you've been a part of a couple of different operations, so plenty of experience to pull from. Dan, first and foremost, before we talk business and strategy and tactics, tell us a little bit about Classic Iron Gym and, and what is this business that we're here to talk about today? Um, well, Classic Iron Gym, uh, when I had this concept in my head uh, to build a new gym, I wanted uh, a 70s style gym. And uh, so I, I sought out to, to, to do just that. We have uh, just about everything is plate loaded in our, in our facility. And it's just the, the old style raw gym. And uh, it's a, uh, it's, it's, 
it's nice. It, it, it really came out exactly as I planned it. Yeah. And so we're, we're channeling some of the, the golden era, if you will. We wanted a, an older feel for the facility. Tell us a little bit about when, not the day that you opened the doors, but when the idea sparked in your head for this business and, and how long it took to go from idea to physical inception. Well, I looked at, uh, from the time I started thinking about opening up this style of gym, um, it took me about three years to kind of put the whole idea together. Um, it took me a year just to find the equipment I was looking for because I didn't, I didn't want the new style equipment. I wanted the old style equipment. Think of the Arnold Schwarzenegger days and, and the equipment that they used, um, that's what we have. It's, everything is steel plate, not rubber-coated plates. So it, it, took, uh, it took a while to, to gather all that equipment up and bring it in. Got it. And, and so a couple of years to get to opening day, when you were in the process of looking for the physical space, the commercial space with which to house this, what was important to you? What were some non-negotiables that were on your list? The building had to be a standalone building. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, lot of sites that are available in, say, retail strip malls or small plazas. What I did not want is I didn't want neighbors next to me. Um, when with this type of gym, and the deadlifting platforms, you know, we have a lot of guys that are deadlifting, a lot of women that are deadlifting. Um, and, you know, they're, they're bringing the weights down onto the platform and it's shaking the building, it's shaking the floor. To have neighbors is just going to create an issue. Yeah. I, I, I was previously a part of a facility that was on a second floor and we were above a T-Mobile and they could not stand us. And so yeah. I know exactly, and I'm sure plenty of people listening to this know exactly what it is that, that you're talking oh, yeah. about. So we wanted a standalone building, very few neighbors. About what size were you looking for? What was the, the range that was in your wheelhouse? I wanted, uh, I wanted a floor that was going to be anywhere from six to 10,000 square feet. Okay, so a decent um, size we, spot. Yeah, yeah, we we ended up with sixty five hundred on the floor. Okay, sixty five hundred within that, Dan. At the beginning, at least, this is pre pandemic, so things may have changed since then. But at the beginning, did you have an idea? Hey, I want to hit two hundred members, five hundred members, ten thousand members. Was there a target in your head? Yeah, I had a target of about 300 members. Um, once I put all the equipment in and I started seeing people come in and the, uh, I guess the busy times of your gym, right? Everybody, every, every gym is going to have a different time, but you know, ours was, uh, or ours is right around seven o'clock at night to about 10 o'clock at night. So I took that 300 members and I trimmed it back about 275 members is the max that we're going to allow in. I see. So 275 is, is the cap that we've somewhat self-imposed. Could you go beyond that if we get a little bit creative with memberships and what times we allow people in? Maybe, but 275 is, is where we want to be. 
talk to me about the, the next couple of years of, of owning this. Obviously, at some point you were shut down there in the middle. How do your membership numbers now compare to pre-shutdown? So I will, you know, we had a, we had a very slow, very slow start um, because of the type of business Classic Iron is uh, and the type of clientele that we let in. Um, and I say that because we're picky about our members. Um, we, through um, past experience, we only allowed in people that were very dedicated to the sport, to lifting. Mm -hmm. uh, people that wanted to either do bodybuilding or strength competitions. Somebody that was serious about making a life change. Uh, we did not want to be a boutique gym. We are not a boutique style gym. So our membership growth was very small in the, in, 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 in the very beginning. Yeah. We started doing more and more advertising. Um, we did some advertising through Facebook. Uh, it didn't, it, it helped a little bit. Um, we finally hooked up with a company called 97 display and they helped build our website and they put lead generation on there. And from there our we just started to explode in memberships and uh, it we're getting, we're getting to the point where I can start to say, you know, you're going to need to go on a waiting list. Yeah. Now we're getting to that point. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. And so it's an interesting conversation and it changes the dynamic a little bit once we get towards capacity with a waiting list. A lot of the conversations that we have on this podcast result from how do we fill out our gym? How do we get to capacity? Now that you're there, what else can we do? How can we make sure that, that the business of this continues to, to incrementally grow without necessarily flooding it with more people? Yeah, that's, uh, we, we've just, you know, a couple of the trainers and I were just having that conversation yesterday and, and we were looking at um, adding, you know, some additional um, services that we can have in here. You know, we already do personal training. Um, we've been talking about doing small, semi-private group training uh, for the local um, local athletes like the lacrosse and the football teams and stuff like that. Um, looking at bringing some of that in. And that's usually a short-term boost anyways, because once they go into their, their seasons, they normally don't come in and train anyways. They train out on the field. Sure. Do you think that that semi-private type feel could be used not necessarily just for high school or, or college performance athletes, but for everyday people? Yes, um, it can, you know, because it's not a, it's not really a boot camp. It's a, it's a strength. Yeah. So it's, it's still, very, it's still very much coached, right? Yes. Yes. I think so it, it's, it's an interesting concept and one that has been used in the industry, but I think underused if we're, if we're being honest, because typically the, the business side of it, if we're looking purely dollars and cents, you can collect more revenue than if it was just a traditional one-on-one -on -one session. But 
the end user, the client, gets a little bit better of a price point because that cost gets shared, while at the same time they get the, the community and the camaraderie and a little bit of social interaction. It's it's typically a win-win all around. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So exploring different routes of, of additional services. What else is on your radar? Have you guys kicked around any other ideas? We've thought about um, kicking up the nutrition side and doing some type of uh, meal prep for people. Um, once we get into the actual lifting season, you know, people start do going into their diet and the shows start to start. Um, people look for avenues to, you know, how can I get my meals in? How can I, you know, stay on track with everything? Yeah. Uh, we get a lot of feedback from members saying, you know, the hardest thing I have is my diet. I can't get my diet straight. Um, so we've looked at offering up uh, services. From, I mean, from other companies, we're not going to do our own food, food prep. We don't have that uh, capacity to do that. Sure. Sure. But to be able to offer it here, you know, be a drop-off center um, and, and just pick up off of some of those profits as well. All of these things are perfectly viable routes. You know, fitness in, in this specific model are so interesting because you can expand in any number of directions. There's so many tangible businesses and industries to fitness, nutrition being a huge one of them. And even if you're not doing the, the fulfillment of this meal prep service. Even if you can collect a dollar a sale, for example, you get another five or 10 bucks per client per week. This is meaningful money spread out over the course of your membership. And so every little bit helps. And people really laugh about it when we talk about the margins selling things like water or Gatorade. But if you can get somebody to buy a water every time they come in your gym and we're making an additional 20 or 30 bucks a month, that multiplied over your membership can be a, a big deal. And so for you, Steve, I, I want to, or excuse me, Dan, let's see. As I, as you explore the different possible routes of growth, I want to pick your brain about the bigger picture with this. I think gym owners get caught up in the here and now so, so often. As you look down the road, now that we're out of this, quote unquote, out of this pandemic and, and operating some level of normalcy, where do you see the, the future of this? How big, well, actually, how big do you want to grow it and how big can you grow it? Well, we've already started looking at opening up a second classic iron gym in a different city. So it's going to be, I mean, um, it'll be fairly local to, to where we're at. It's going to be um, probably about 20, it's about 20 miles away. And we're looking at more of an industrial park. So um, in industrial park, we found that the rents are, are lower and the facilities are larger. And being 6,500 on the floor here, we're looking at something that's more around 12,000 square foot yeah. uh, at another location. Yeah. Members will be able to go to either, either gym. That's, that's fine. 
Sure. Um, but in the new location, we're going to have studios built in so uh -huh. that we can offer okay. different different classes, right? You're going to have the same classic iron area that's going to be, you know, the old school gym. But um, one of the revenues I know that we're missing here that we don't have are actual group classes, say, uh, say spin classes or mm. kickboxing classes or something like that. Yeah where you need to have a special room, a studio to do that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's set up to do that. And um, so you think in, in the next location, that'll be a bigger focus? That's going to be a bigger focus, absolutely. How do you see your role changing, Dan, going from one location to two? What do you think will be the biggest differences in, in your day-to-day? -day? Um, well, the, the, unfortunately, the biggest difference is going to be I'm not going to be able to spend the time I do with members now, right? Yeah. One of the good things about having a limited membership is I know the people, they know who I am. And uh, it really sets for a really cool culture in the gym, right? So it's a very friendly and, and people can come up and, hey, how you doing? And, and, and we all talk and, and, and uh, BS together. Having two gyms like this, it's going to be it's going to be tougher because obviously I'm I'm planning on having a lot more members at the newer location. Yeah. Um, and there's only and, one of you. <laughs> and there's only one of me, and I can only be in one location at one time. Yeah. So I, I see I see that it's going to be a challenge, but um, you know I I enjoy what I do. I love my gym, um, and uh, I love the people that come in. So it it's uh, it might be a challenge, but it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. It certainly is. And it's a fun conversation to have. And, and typically the biggest hurdle for people going to multiple locations is one to two. Once we've proven that we can do it with two, two to three, three to four, we can recreate that concept over and over again. It's just about staff and a team at that point mm -hmm. more than anything else. And we'll have to have that conversation another day. That's a <laughs> rabbit hole that you and I could go down for hours and hours and hours. But at least for now, Dan, as we begin to wrap our conversation up, why don't you tell people where they can learn a little bit more about Classic Iron? Is there a website or is there social media? Where can, where can they go? They can go up to uh, ClassicIronGym.com and uh, they can see all about, uh, about our gym uh, or trainers. You know, we're, we're constantly updating. Um, we got some bios we need to put up on for the newer trainers. Um, but, um, you know, we have a blog in there. They can read the blogs. We have, uh, you can look at our 1,000-pound club, our 500-pound club. Um, you know, we have some members that uh, are actually pushing towards the 1,500-pound club. Oof. So it's, uh, it's a, lot it's of a great site. <laughs> it's a lot, a lot of weight. It's a lot of weight. Yeah. You know, um, again, you know, 97 Display did an awesome job putting it together for us. We That was one part of the business we did struggle with was trying to get a website up and, mm. and and trying to get our name out there and these guys really helped us out yeah so people listening classic ironjim.com dan this has been a bunch of fun i appreciate anybody willing to share both sides of the coin right what are we doing well and what are we still working on improving so i can't thank yep. you enough for your contribution i'm excited to see what location number two ends up looking like because it sounds like you have some big plans there so we'll check in with you again down the line and until then Appreciate your time. Thanks, Joe.
Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you would like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.